Hey everybody, welcome to Punk Till I Die podcast number 31. Hello it everybody. Sun- it is Sunday morning, it is day 30 something of lockdown now. I'm one of your hosts Tom, that other voice you hear is Neil. How you doing Neil? How yeah, you ha- holding up man? I'm doing fine, I find it funny how we've dropped our full names and now we're just Tom and Neil, which kind of makes sense I guess. It, it does. Yeah, and you know what, some people well, have every asked... time I tried to say Liverpool Neil too, it sort of came out like I was semi-retarded, so it just, it's just <laughs> us. Well some people say as well, you know people that know me from back home, they're like well you're not actually from Liverpool, so why would you say Liverpool Neil? <laughs> you know I'm from a suburb, right? But the reason that is is because um, down at U of I back in the day, um, in the small punk circle that we had, uh, there was another Neil. So uh, he was American Neil, and I was either English Neil or Liverpool Neil. So that's uh, that name just kind of came and unstuck. So that's well. The truth know. of the matter, I always tell people too. I you know I live in the Grand Rapids area. You live in the Chicago area. You live in a pretty good sized small town outside of Chicago, about fifteen miles. And I live in a town about fifteen miles out of Grand Rapids, but it's so small. Yeah, yeah. Like it'd be too easy to triangulate me. I, I'll give a clue maybe in a future episode so you can find me. But I don't think you'd be too concerned, would you? What are you worried no, about? Screaming I, I fans, so. you know, or angry know, fans? We might, we might offend one of these newer, like politically correct punk people. They might like dox us or something, or try to shame us. Uh, yeah, most of those Cause, people. Because you know, we pa- talked about tramp stamps or something. Not particularly frightened of those guys, I'm afraid. No, but anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you know, if you're good with a computer, you can really make somebody's life miserable. That's true enough. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Some yeah, some cyber. So and, and listen, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm not trying not to hurt anybody's feelings either. <laughs> That's the yeah. difference between I wish, us old yeah, guys. And I, I wish I was as nice as you. Maybe when you've got another <laughs> yes, ten years, you're, you're you're going out of your way to hurt people's feelings. Well, maybe Neil, we... Neil doesn't consider it a successful day unless he makes someone cry. <laughs> maybe when you've got another ten years on you, like me, maybe you'll be there as well. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, you know, I'm only like sixty percent full of bitter. You're like up to seventy-five, eighty percent. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. And every day you get uh, worse, right? So I, anyway, last time we talked, I actually kind of promised a guess, but that's. Did not work out. We actually, I must say, we have a, a, a verbal commitment from some really, really great guests that I'm super excited about. Definitely from my era, like that 90s era, like the Dave Parasite, BA kind of kind of guest. So I'm really looking forward to that. But I've noticed that trying to juggle the schedule has actually a, a become a little bit of a pain in my ass. But we will figure that out. And we got a bunch of mail I know and stuff, and we will we'll probably handle that next within the next week or two. And and uh, kind of get back to our regularly scheduled programming, but we're doing this four-parter. You know, it's like I feel like we're like in the middle of a BBC like documentary, right? Or yeah, yeah, it exactly. Is. Yeah, it is like a miniseries. Yeah, it's like yeah. Downton Abbey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clown you're Downton Abbey. For six, you're welcome for six hours of <laughs> six hours of blabbering. <laughs> that's true. That's true, man. That's true. Um, I know you had something you wanted to talk about too. I'll let you do that. Yeah. Hey, cat, get away from there. God, I don't want to start smelling that cat pee again. Yeah, shit, you pee anywhere. Um, Yeah, actually, just a couple things, a couple of quick things before we get started. Um, We've had a running joke with Hugh and the Huey Lewis thing, right? The sports album and that shit. That I didn't hate a record from 1985, and it's been nonstop abuse ever since. (laughs) Well, the abuse, but anyway, I I, I don't know why, but I, I did a little bit of digging on Huey Lewis this morning, and there is actually a couple of interesting things I didn't know. Um, I might have mentioned on a previous podcast that on the Thin Lizzy Live and Dangerous yep. album, he he calls out um, and on uh, harmonica Huey Lewis. And I was like, is that the same person? And indeed it is. Huey Lewis actually did know Phil Linnett and uh, Phil Linnett, and uh, he did do um, some performances with him playing harmonica. So I thought that was interesting. But then even more interesting and more of a punk connection, 
uh, previous to the Huey Lewis and the News nonsense, he was in a band called Clover, which is very mid-70s, isn't it? I mean, what a terrible name. But they actually were the, um, on the first Elvis Costello album, uh, he wasn't with the Attractions yet. And the band Clover are actually the backing band on his first, on Elvis Costello's first album, My Aim Is True. Yeah, I mean, they're not called out anywhere on the album, but uh, they are the backing band. So Huey Lewis actually did play on uh, My Aim Is True, the first Elvis Costello album. Hmm. So you heard You you heard it here first, kids. Uh, Huey Lewis is punker than Green Day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's true it is true um uh, and then the second thing i wanted to give a, a slight correction on one of the previous uh gig podcasts i had said that i saw um negative approach warming up for face to face and in fact it was not face to face they warmed up for off and i don't I, know how you get those two bands confused well i got the venue confused is what it was because uh. they both played at bottom lounge Around about the same period of Neil, time. Neil, I'm starting to think that you are the Joe Biden of punk podcasting. <laughs> Dude, can you remember every opening band you ever saw? No, I don't. With? Well, and I told you, I actually write them I, for years, yeah. and I still try to. I actually will write the opening band on the back of the stub. Yeah. Because if you see the same band, like you you and I have both seen you know, many. I mean, I probably have seen at least 10 bands 10 times each. Mm. So, so you see the same band over and over, and you, the, yeah. the shows do kind of blend. And, and like you said, the same thing with the, the venues too. So, and I, I guess I, I guess we can get right into it and start confusing our stories again. Well, all I was going to say was, um, I and I should have remembered that because I probably wouldn't have gone to see Face to Face by themselves, to be honest. But uh, they played with Teenage Bottle Rocket was actually opening, uh, and that's the reason I went. I to actually that. like Face to Face quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're, yeah, yeah I, I don't mind them. But... Their early albums are really great. They're they're real hit and miss. Like some of their newer albums are really good too, and some are really lousy. So, well, one of them that was actually they they were touring that that first comeback album, I think, which I really liked. Um, they had a song that sounded just like the Clash was the first song on one of those albums. So, hmm. anyway, I don't know. Which, I'm sure I know it, but I don't know which one you mean. Huh. Yeah, hmm. doesn't matter. Doesn't so matter. We're, yeah, we're we're actually all the way up to you. Um, you. Yes, we are up to you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go first. <laughs> and yeah. we're going to start off with slightly less than a bang. Um, yes, my you. Um, you know, when we started to get to these later um, letters, we I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I was able to get all of them, but some of them were kind yeah. of a, a chore, right? Um, my you is actually you too. And, um, but the only saving grace here is this, this is pretty early you too. So mm-hmm. I saw them in 81, ah, I believe cool. it was there. It was, they were touring the second album, October. I know some mm-hmm. of my friends back in, uh, back in Liverpool actually saw them touring boy, the first album, okay. uh, I saw them at a small club, but I saw them when they were playing the university circuit. Mm-hmm. So this would have been, yeah, winter 81, um, touring October. And I saw them two nights back to back as a matter of fact. So, this was my first year at university, um, and my girlfriend at the time was still a senior in high school, so we were like one year apart, I was one year older, and so I saw them in Manchester on a Friday, and then they played Liverpool on the Saturday, so I saw them Manchester, and then drove home, I got the bus home to Liverpool and saw them again with my girlfriend in uh, Liverpool on the Saturday. And the annoying thing was, I, I really liked them when I, I saw them. I really liked October. I thought that was a good album. Mm. And I liked them live. But then I realized when I saw them two nights back to back, 
that all of the ad-libs and things that Bono oh, was doing the to same. the crowd that I thought was so cool that he was, you know, you know, oh, best crowd, you know, blah, 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 sing along, do you know this? He did exactly the same things uh, at exactly the same the place when I saw him in Liverpool the next night. And from then on, I never bought another U2 album. So, <laughs> so I actually was... saw U2 too, but I saw him kind of at like the peak of their, their power. I saw him in 1992 at the Pontiac Silverdome, which is the enormous venue. There's yeah, 83,000, like right? Yeah. 50, there was probably like at least 50,000 people there. And we Jesus. had floor seats, but the place is so big that it was almost impossible to tell what was going on. Yeah. And they played almost all new music. So it really, it was, it was a couple of those classic bands that I saw, but like REM's another one, man. I, I like a lot of REM records. Yeah, yeah, they're fine. I mean, if you but, play them back to back. But when I saw them live, it was, it was really disappointing. And you yeah. two, you two, same thing. It was the same I mean, I understand that bands don't want to just rest on their laurels and play all their old stuff all the time, and they're making new music and they want to play it. But you got to have a decent balance. You got to consider the people, and I don't think they owe anybody anything, but you should at least consider the people that are paying at the time like thirty dollars for a ticket, which was a heck of a lot of money, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, which album was it? Were you excited? That to would go have see? been the Octoon Baby album, which I really like. It was a very melancholy album, but I liked the album. That was the last one I liked. That was '92. Interesting. But I okay. loved the Joshua Tree and stuff. But you know, I was just a kid when that came out. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, like I said, this uh, I had. It's funny. I had. Uh, so this is going back before your time, but that's that second U two album, October. Uh, they were they were doing this thing at a t- uh, at the time where they would bring out a cassette, and the cassette would have the album on one side, and the other side was blank, so you could tape whatever you wanted on it. And it, and it came in almost like a cigarette style case, like had like a really? pop, a pop top kind of thing. Yeah. So that, I, like you two did that, or like a lot of bands were doing that. A lot of bands with like the record labels were doing wow. that. Wow. Um, I wish that I st- is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I wish I still had that because that's that's probably worth it's some like, money. Because well, this was... tape, su- this is a sucky U two tape. But the good thing is, like, I got never mind the bollocks <laughs> on the side. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, that was that was really short lived too. And they were started, like I said, they were starting to package tapes not in like jewel cases, you know, kind of thing. Huh. Those regular cassette cases. It was in yeah. almost like a cardboard, like almost like a cigarette style case the, where the, the top popped off. The big breakthrough I remember, of course, in cassettes is when they started going to the clear cassettes. You know, all the cassettes were like the white. Oh, yeah. Well, you and could then see they went the... to the clear, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. my gosh, this is the most amazing thing that's ever going to happen in my lifetime. And when you buy one and it was still in the white, you'd be so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As if the inside of a tape was technical. It was... <laughs> but it's just not even the tape itself. It's just the clear, you know, the clear. The clear uh, plastic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Tape, all right. Anyway, man. that was that. Neither was... of us, have, neither of us, have bought into the tape revival. That's one thing we we are of one mind on. God so. no! I was so I, I was so happy to get away from cassette tapes. Yes. Fucking oh, awful! They break, and you'd have to try and stick them together again with tape. Oh, just shit! Yeah. They get caught up in the tape machine. Yeah, screw that. So anyway, sorry, my friend. What's your you? No, well, so mine is mine is the Undead, who I do. So the Undead, one of the more prominent early guitar players for the Misfits was Bobby Steele, mm-hmm. and I don't think he played on a full. He never played on a full length that got released. He played on the legendary Twelve Hits from Hell album that's still somewhere in perdition and never got released. And he played on the oh, the horror business single. Okay, so this is before they even released the first album. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, was he? I, I get. I'm trying to think if he was because okay, so the guy who played on uh, Static Age was Franche Coma. I, so I don't know if Bobby was before that or after that. Mm. I think after, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Bobby left the Misfits and started his own band called the Undead, and he's been the only member over the years but i've actually seen him uh, i think three times over the years once was the famous uh 
drum machine tour where his band quit like two days before he was supposed to leave on tour. So he just went out and played with the drum machine. And once was he was had my, a band that I was very friendly with at the time from Fort Wayne, Indiana, called the Migraines as his backing band. That was really cool. Migraines, and then good I, name. And then I happened to see him a couple of years ago. You know, I've, I've talked about how me and my pal Scott have been like devotees of Sloppy Seconds and we've kind of followed them around on tour. Man, how many plugs have we, how many Sloppy Seconds plugs have we given here in the last? I think you I do. Swear we're I not think on you payroll. do one, one every show, I think. Yeah, uh, Necros yeah. and Sloppy Seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I swear we're not on the payroll. <laughs> but uh, so, but one year when they started, they did a couple of West Coast tours that we weren't able to get out to. So we decided to follow the Lillingtons for uh, a couple nights instead. And we saw them back to back in Chicago and Fort Wayne and the Chicago show. They were actually opening for 88 fingers. Louie, who was releasing their new album a couple years ago. So we'll probably double back to this later, but that same night, the undead were playing at Reggie's and they were playing late. So we actually bailed early on 88 fingers. Louie to get on the subway, to get back to Reggie's to watch the undead play which would have been a fine plan, except for some freaking country show was playing at Wrigley. Oh. And and the 88 Fingers Blues show was at the Metro. So Neil knows where I'm going with this. The yep. train was an absolute disaster. But we fought through this incredible riot-like crowd, and we got back and we managed to get in just as the undead were starting. And they're just they're a great band. I mean, they're not... Uh, they they're kind of like do the kind of mock horror almost like a monsters kind of a thing, but it it really works for them, and I think they've been able to kind of age gracefully more so than like what the Misfits are doing, hmm. where it seems sort of un unwieldy for these older dudes to try to be playing you know Death Comes Ripping at two hundred miles an hour. Um, the band currently is Jerry or uh, Jerry only, yeah Jerry only <laughs> Jerry only. No, it's Body Steel and his wife Diana, and uh, they got a rhythm section. She plays like second guitar. Uh, but oh, they're but they're, they're like a family band. It was so great when they got done playing at Reggie's. They played in the small room. They just hung around and took pictures and autographs and hung out with everybody. And they were just so nice. They were just such nice people. I, I just I can't say enough good things about the well, undead. I actually I got to reach out to I, I got to reach out and see if I can get Bobby on. I would I would love to have him on the show. I mean I can't um, I can't I can't believe there was that many people at a undead show. There was there was no there, there wasn't hardly anybody. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's, it was, it was that's super. It. It was super cool though. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's my that's my you. And I, I I another one of these bands where I just I like the individuals involved so much and they're such they're just such nice people and they do things the right way and I and they're not well, you know, particularly well known at this point. But anyway, check out the Undead Kids. I think you won't be disappointed. They're really good. They put out an EP a couple of years ago called Having an Undead Summer, which is like a surf surfy kind of EP. But it's oh, fun. Yeah, it's, fun. It. it's fun. Like... It's fun music. It's not un it's not like it's not like death, you know, like black metal or something. It's fun. It's just kind of, like I said, kind of monstersy, you know, kind of like a mock horror. You know, if you like Elvira, you'll like this. You know, if you like, you know, Evil Dead 2, you'll like this. So do you have any info on why he was kicked out of the Misfits? I, I'm i not exactly sure why that is, but he's such a gentleman. You know, I was I was at That's the show. That's probably why, right? then. <laughs> he well, no, I know, I know that he would like, I mean. Tom. You're still there, buddy? Yeah, you, yeah, it dropped out for a second there. Did you lose me? Yeah. Well, you know those Misfits Reunion, they're using a second guitar player. Yeah, yeah. Because Doyle is not really a lead guitar player. He's Hell kind no. Of a, he's a Hell no. guitar player. He, he beats his guitar like it's a rented mule, right? Yep, he does. So they have a second lead guitar player, and it would be so great if Bobby was doing that, because Bobby's like a really good musician, like a really good guitar player. Hmm. That might have been part of the problem, too. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Interesting. 
But yeah, but no, when I was there, I was kind of trying to bait him when I was talking to him. I got a picture with him and stuff and talking. I was trying to bait him into saying something bad about Doyle, and he wouldn't do it. He's like, oh, Doyle's a great guy. <laughs> so, He's probably frightened of him. <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding. Beat Bob's, him into the ground. Small little guy. Yeah. Doyle, uh, I mean, everyone should be frightened of Doyle, even though he seems like the nicest guy. All right, I'll tell you what. Too. I'll tell you what, if you had your picture taken with him, can you start posting some of these on the, on the, on the page? Yeah, I, pr- I probably should. Yeah, you should. So it looks. I, I saw that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm to to get off track here because that's what we do. That Ramones T-shirt, Neil. Yes, sir. If, if anybody, uh, Neil posted a picture of a shirt he bought at a Ramones show. This is the worst looking T-shirt I've ever seen. What do you mean? It is like a tie-dyed vomit. <laughs> it's weird, Ramones right? Ramones T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, but it's white, like you always talk about. Um, hey, while I'm thinking of it, once again, getting before I play an undead song here. Yes, sir. Um. We did a little drive, a little push on the Facebook page, and thanks to all the new uh, likes. I hope a lot of you are actually listening. And not <laughs> yeah, that's hope they're actually listening. And I specifically want to thank our pal Matt, who's been helping out spread the word, and my friend Derek, who's in the Pittsburgh area, who uh, who I met camping, uh, doing a punk rock camping thing a couple years ago, has also been really helping, helping spread the word. So thanks, guys. Anyway, back to... The Undead. Undead. We're going to play, this is not one of their more aggressive songs, but it's one of my favorites and a fun song. And it's, it's uh, called Put Your Clothes Back On. I don't know which album it's from. This is, yeah, this is The Undead. Put Your Clothes Back On. I'll try to look it up.
All right. The undead. Put your clothes. So you're not back really on. familiar with that. You're not really familiar with them, Neil. No, it's funny. I actually do. For some reason, I actually have a CD of the undead. I think somebody okay. gave it to me, and I must admit, I don't think I've ever listened to it. I don't you think should I've check it out. It I once. think you'd really like I, it. I actually I will. I'm gonna do you know, that. The funny thing is, even though so even though he broke off of the Misfits, I know like Glenn Danzig's Plan Nine Records, mm-hmm. Danzig's label put out the first Undead thing or two. So I don't think there was like a. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Now I'm looking at that. I, yeah, I'm oh. looking at that on Discogs. And I'm not seeing anything about. Plan oh, Nine. I forget it. Maybe I changed my mind. But uh, anyway, it's good stuff. So <laughs> okay. that gets us to W, and I think we're going to be treading in circles here, aren't we, Neil? No, mate. You you, you just skipped V completely. Oh, V. Let me see a V. <laughs> that Michigan education system. <laughs> <I'm> a... <laughs> this is the water, man. All right. Yeah. You start, you're going to start with the Vs anyway. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm actually going back to a gig I, I talked about previously, which was um, the Jam in 79. Um, the Vapors opened up for them, so the Vapors are my V. Um, it's, from, yeah. it's from their first album, Act Your Rage. Which well, is a great name for thing. an album. Act okay. Your Rage. Act Your Rage. Awesome. Yeah, that is a good name for an album, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, yeah, so my V is The Vapors. Um, everybody knows them probably from that uh, one song, Turning Japanese, but they were so much more than that. They have two really, really good albums, um, Nuclear Days, and then they followed that up with one called Magnets. And then they broke up probably 82. 82 or something like that they i think they broke up the record label when they did they never get back together they did like three years ago which is now they're playing like those 80s cruise ships dude uh, how have you read my notes this is exactly where i I was going with this shit did you make that no okay sorry um yeah the i think the record label kicked them off because you know after the big i mean turning japanese was a huge hit worldwide right so i think the record label got super excited and then they released a second album that was not poppy at all um, and in fact, the, the the first Vapors album isn't poppy like that. I mean, it's like power pop kind of thing, almost like, you know, late 70s. It sounded kind of like the jam. They were actually managed by uh, Paul Weller's dad, huh. uh, John Weller. He actually managed him. And I think actually Bruce Foxton, the bass player from the jam, man, helped manage him too. So the first album sounds very much like that, like mid-period jam. And then the second album is kind of... It certainly isn't as poppy as that. And then the record label just kicked them off, I think, and they broke mm-hmm. up. But then with the rise of the internet and stuff, about three or four years ago, they played a couple of one-off comeback gigs, and and then it's it's taken off, and they've been doing it since. And they're releasing a new album, actually. is coming out like next week or something called Together, wow. um, which I've heard a couple of tracks off, and it's really good. But like you just said, for some reason, um, they are touring the well. They were supposed to tour the U.S. this summer, which I got excited about when I heard that. But they're they are, they're playing one of those like bands from the eighties tours, oh, which like has just got like flag yeah, Debbie Gibson or something. Just got to be a complete fucking disaster. The band were much more than that. They were much like if you want your band to be taken seriously and you're not just a one hit wonder. Whatever you do, don't play one of those kind of tours. But well, the problem is the problem with those kinds of tours is it'd be great if it was all, you know. Uh, Vapors, Flock of Seagulls, Wall of Voodoo, kind of all these similar-minded bands. But instead, it's like Tiffany. Yeah. And, exact. you know, yep. Uh, yep. Uh, Salt and Pepper. It's yeah. like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's getting it's getting people who were never really into any of the bands. They were just into were in Dayglo and wishing they were in the eighties again, right? It's like, so, yeah, exactly. Fake yeah. like overdoing it. It's like, oh, great man! I've always wanted to see the Vapors and Sir Mix a lot together. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Watching the Vapors play three songs, like yeah, turning exactly. Japanese and then twice. Come out and for an encore, of we are the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's a good, you know, it's a it's a good news, bad news kind of thing for the Vapors. But anyway, as a, as a band, if you take them seriously as a band, they were really good, and they were they were really good that night. But I told the story of that concert back in the uh, what. A second episode or whatever. So, so you recommend so. the first two Vapors albums? I really do. Yeah, Nuclear Days is the first one. That's the one that's got Turning Japanese and Waiting for the Weekend and some other other minor mm-hmm. hits. And then the second one's called Magnets that had no hits on at all. In fact, mm-hmm. it has it has a song about uh, it's called Jimmy Jones about uh, what's his name Thingy Jones who killed everyone with the Kool Aid. Cult. Oh, Jim Jones and the Jim kid. Jones, yeah, 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 Jim Jones, uh, yeah. the cult guy. So you yeah. can see why when they wanted to release that as a single, Big the record fun. label was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what, you don't have any songs about Manson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they were um, working on that. So anyway, so, that's my V. So I never saw them, obviously. But So my, my V is the Vandals. Have you, did you see the Vandals? I never no? did. I never did see the Vandals. No? Um, okay. <clears throat> I mean, I love... You know, it's funny. I love the early stuff, but um, yeah. when they toured later on, it was like the sound was different, and it's I all a different singer. Obviously. Yeah, different singer, and they were getting just a bit too goofy. So I, I yeah, never yeah, did go see them. Yeah, it's important to say. So I never saw the original Vandals. The original Vandals, Vandals, the singer was named Steve O or something. Steve he's O, dead. yeah, 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 he's dead. Yeah, and they did the Peace Through Vandalism, which is their kind of stone cold classic EP. And then they did the album When in Rome Do Is the Vandals, right? Is that all they did with the original lineup? Um, I do believe so, yeah. Yep. I think that was it. And then they got back together later, and they're still got some fun stuff, but they definitely went a more goofy direction, which I think is okay because it, 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 it's always tough when you lose your singer and you try to just like replace them and hope nobody notices. I think you're better off to try to make some slight adjustments, you know? Yeah. Rather than just try to do what you do. But anyway, so... So I've seen the Vandals a handful of times actually, but always under like weird circumstances. Like okay. I like I saw them in that that big camping outdoor fest. Like I've never seen them play a small club headline. Well, it's which okay. Is obviously, the best place to, place to see a band, right? Let me yeah, but let me ask this one. So, um, so that that camping festival was just a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. So is anyone from the original band still in the Vandals? Uh, Do you know the the the. Bass player, right, or the the one who Escalante, Joe Escalante. That's a drummer, yeah. The drummer, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think, I thought at least when they put the band back together, I still think it was everybody but the singer. But I guess I don't know anymore. Hmm. I don't know. I'd have to look. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. But well, you know, we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about that camping thing more probably in the future because I have a, a that uh, I mentioned a friend Derek earlier, and I know he's helping to try to put together one of these things. Okay. And I camp next to him, and I definitely want to talk to people about this camping thing because I am so not into it, but a lot of people are. So I need somebody to try to try to explain to me this magic of this thing. But anyway, that's a different different story for a different day. But the weirdest time I saw him, Neil, was when this would have been late nineties, um, maybe like ninety seven. I I don't know. I couldn't even tell you exactly what year. But remember when No Doubt was really big? Uh, yes, I do. No Doubt, so I do. I, I was never. I was never in a No Doubt. If we're being honest, but I'm confessing to having seen them in their prime. Um, they headlined our hockey rink here, like 10,000, 11,000 people, right? 12,000 people. And they had the, but they were trying to be like true to their roots. So they had Civ and the Vandals opening. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So I paid 30 bucks or whatever to go see No Doubt. It was general admission floor, which was cool because I wanted to see the opening band so bad. It was actually the only time I ever got to see Civ, who I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Civ um, had that great uh, album called uh, uh, Set Your Goals. Yeah, yeah. 
That's the one that's like a was it like uh, it's like from inside a car or something. The sleeve. Yeah, yeah, the photo is. Yeah, they're sitting in a car. But anyway, it's great, great, great album. I just got like a newer repress of it on Victory. No, not Victory. On Revolution Records. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Revelation, Revelation, Revolution, Victory, whatever. Um. (laughs) Anyway, so I went to I went to this show and it was and it was so bizarre. So the Vandals are opening in front of like ten thousand people, right? And I'm not going to say it was amazing, but they did play, you know, Anarchy Burger, and they played all their classics. And then Gwen Stefani came out, and they did, like, a duet version of the, like, song from Greece. Shut up. That sounds amazing. don't mean a thing. Oh, that sounds amazing. i got to try and find that. Well, it was definitely, I mean, I'm sure they were doing it at every stop. I'm sure it wasn't just a Grand Rapids thing. But, yeah, Yeah. it was sort of unusual. So that's my... That's my Vandals highlight, I guess. I like that. So did you stay for No Doubt, or did you leave when No Doubt played? Yeah, we did. And it was so funny, too, because, okay, so the average No Doubt fan, as far as I could tell, was like a 12-year-old girl. Yeah, it makes sense. It's like the interrupt. And we weren't now. that old at this point. We were in our 20s, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> Never mind. And the, I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. Well, we were too old for the for the average crowd, but there was so many, like, soccer mobs there. Oh, there you go. Meanwhile, meanwhile now, well, no, I was in my twenties, though. Neil. Meanwhile, those soccer moms are younger than I am now, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it was such a weird show. So you got all these soccer moms, you got all these twelve-year-old girls, and Gwen Stefani's—they're doing their their big song was "I'm Just a Girl," right? Right, right, right. And they're leading these twelve-year-old girls in this sing-along where they were singing like "Fuck You, I'm a Girl," hmm. and it was so bizarre to have all these twelve-year-olds cursing all around me. Were they yelling at you? Were they pointing at you? Were they yelling at yeah, yeah, you? Pointing at me. Yes. <laughs> I was the sign of white male oppression. You know? Yeah. And that's pretty funny when the Vandals have a song called Girls Turn 18 Every Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Vandals have some great politically incorrect songs. Uh, yeah, they do. But they, when, they... And a matter of fact, we're going to play one of we're gonna play one of them that is very, my very favorite, probably. And probably the, other than maybe Anarchy Burger, probably the greatest Vandal song ever. It's from their first uh, EP. It's from Peace Through Vandalism. It's the legend of Pat Brown. That's what we're going to play.
with the classic The Legend of Pat Brown. And um, if you want to see more about that particular, what that song is about, uh, see, I should have done my homework on this one, shouldn't I? There's a documentary on um, Amazon Prime about the Cuckoo's Nest, the punk uh, venue. Uh, And was it LA or it was Orange County, right? Yeah, Um, outskirts somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, called the Cuckoo's Nest, and it was in like a strip mall, and huh. it was next to a cowboy bar called Zubies. Yep. And the punks and the uh, and the fake cowboys would get into fights like I mean, every that's, night. I that's what Mohawk Town was about too. Then. Yeah. Um, and in fact, you know, there's another song on that. Well, there's a song on on that oh, EP. I want to be a cowboy. I want to be a cowboy. Yeah, which is all yeah, about yeah. that. And in fact, it name checks Zubies and it name huh. checks it name checks the Cuckoo's Nest. But anyway, Pat Brown. Patrick Edward Brown, right? Um, yep. He was one of the punks. Tried to and run the cops down. Wow, yeah, wow. Yeah, and he and he did. That was that was in the parking lot outside. Oh, really? Outside the nice. cuckoo's nest. Yeah, I mean, this is all a real story. Um, th- like there was cops there every night stopping these fights, and a cop tried to stop his car, and supposedly they say he didn't see the cop and almost ran him down, and they fired like five shots into the car. Um, huh. Didn't kill anybody, but Pat Brown actually died like a couple of years later on, I believe. But uh, yeah, I mean, true story and uh, yeah, classic, classic song. But I'll try and find the name of that documentary and talk about because it it's really, really good. It's hmm. uh, it's one of it's one of the best early um, West Coast punk documentary things I've I've ever seen. Excellent. Well, you're gonna have to wait because you're gonna talk about W next. Well, no, you should do yours. Oh, no, I am. Yeah, I, you I, should I. do yours. Yeah, yeah, you can do that while I look this up. Yeah. Go what ahead, man. What was I going to talk about? Where's my list? I, I'm totally lost. But you all said the who, so I'm oh, assuming you who. have a who question, a who story, right? See, I was kind of surprised yours wasn't the who too, because I know you're a big mod fan, who fan. But you know, I I, I saw the who a couple times. I saw them uh, once was real early on. I was only like 16, and I was always I was always a big fan of the who. Uh, you know, a lot of people always argue about the Stones or the Beatles. I always preferred the who. I just always I always liked them and I managed to see them a couple times and it was always at big places and it was always pretty cool, but obviously they were old the first time I saw them and the second time I saw them they were really old. Hmm. First time I saw them there was three of them. <laughs> second time there was two. So <laughs> 
<laughs> well, what year was this that you were seeing them? First time I saw them was 89. Oh, wow. Okay. Which, which kind of sucked, honestly, because that was when Pete was struggling with his tinnitus. So he was playing acoustic guitar. Oh. And they had mm. the really big band with him. Mm-hmm. But they were doing the whole Tommy album, so that was cool. And then I, it was only a few years ago, last time I saw him, and I really appreciated hearing him play his guitar, and I was really impressed hearing Roger hit the high notes. Little did I know that I guess like the scream from Won't Get Fooled Again has been taped, played off the tape for years. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Because <laughs> it was like perfect, like, wow, just like the record. Yeah, because it is. Because <laughs> it is the record. <laughs> anyway, well, so, yeah. So what tour was that that you saw him just a few years ago? Because I saw them a few years ago, too. Uh, I don't even know, but it was just like a, you know, it was kind of cool. It's just a straight up tour there. I don't remember, I don't remember anything special about it. It was maybe three, four, or five years ago. I wrote about it. Okay, um, yeah, I probably saw him about five years ago, and it was uh, they were they were doing a Quadrophenia tour, right? I think it was the okay. 40th anniversary of quad- whatever it was. Um, okay, no, this wasn't one of those. This was just a you know a hit a hit heavy yeah show. Quadrophenia, Which is what, I, what I want really, honest, for being honest. Quadrophenia is probably my favorite, <clears throat> my favorite Who album, mm. um, and they played the shittiest venue in Chicago in the suburbs, which was back then the Rosemonts. Uh, ah, yeah, which is where which is which is where the Misfits played not recently, yeah. recently, which is another reason I wouldn't have gone there. Um, that's an absolutely terrible venue, and yeah, just concrete bunker. And um, I was really surprised how quiet it was. Hmm. Um, yeah, their fans are eighty years old. Well, yeah, but I thought the band would be, you know, they'd have the oh, volume oh, wow, turned yes. up, but yeah, but it was incredibly quiet, and yeah, I was think it was the only thing I've ever been to where there's been people walking around in Fleetwood Mac shirts, and it hasn't been ironic. Um, <laughs> it was very strange, you know. It wasn't hipsters wearing Fleetwood Mac shirts; these were real '70s mm-hmm. survivors wearing Fleetwood Mac shirts. But I went to that actually with uh, with my buddy Mark, who I who I went down to fest with last year. The guy ah, who moved okay. down to Florida, so yeah, so I, I went the there with him. So that was uh, so interesting. Now the deadhead, yes, our deadhead friend Mark. Yes, yes, yeah. One of a one of a, and he he did the he did the logo. So he on, did the logo. You, he's Mark. contributed to us. He's been a good good friend to us. I've actually never met the guy, but he's been a good friend to us in the the royal us. Yeah, he has, and he really Neil has. specifically. Yeah. Um, so now is you're that, gonna talk. Is, now you're gonna talk about a show where people were wearing uh, vapor shirts. Not ironically, right? Uh, no, no, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. Well, so is that your who thing? You you done with the who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, I, I'm, all right. Well, my W is um, Wall of Voodoo. Uh, most people know Wall of Voodoo probably. They had that one hit. Uh, Mexican, Mexican Radio. Mexican Radio. Good song. Yep. Um, again, I saw them actually. They warmed up that U2 show I was just talking about. Wall of Were Voodoo. they touring with them? Did they do both or just one? They just did one. Okay. So, um, and actually, and so another one of the reasons I went to that show was because Opening up for U2 was a band called, an English band called the Compsat Angels, who were a fantastic post-punk band. Um, Dour, northern, kind of depressing, but they were really, really good. They were from Sheffield, I believe. And uh, they played both nights. They were playing the whole tour. But Wall of Voodoo, for whatever reason, were just like, they were like the second opening band in the Man- on the Manchester gig. So that was a great... Was a... Where, where were they from? Were they English? Wall of Voodoo? Yeah. No, they're from L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of members might be from Canada or something, but they're definitely from, from this side of the pond. Mm. Um, and actually, when I was looking into it today, they actually do have some punk roots. So I was looking into it, and the band formed when the main guy was tra- was working on like film soundtracks. And this would have been 77, 78. 
And where his studio was, was right across the street from the early L.A. punk club, The Mask, which you've probably heard of, right? Mm. Um, and so he started yes. going across to The Mask, and he formed a band with, uh, I think it was the ex-drummer from The Bags, and mm. bass player from some band called The Skulls or something. So they definitely had mm. some punk roots there. And then, but they started doing music more on the Devo kind of end of uh new wave slash punk and then they uh became wall of voodoo and uh so anyway yeah i saw them on that wall of voodoo slash compset angel slash u2 gig and mm. wall of voodoo were probably my favorite band of the night mm. um i love the compset angels but uh yeah wall of voodoo were exceptional just because they they were something different uh, like a lot of english bands at that time you know especially the post-punk stuff it all sounded a bit dour and could get a bit um monotonous but uh, Wall of Voodoo were very different because of the first for organ, and they had some other weird shit going on too. Mm. So that was, and no one else had heard of them, and I had, so and that was kind of cool. So, so you're not going to play Mexican radio? Are you going to play something? I'm more, not. More I'm obscure? not going. No, yeah, I'm going to play um, the first track off their first EP, which is called Long Arm. So this is Long Arm from Wall of Voodoo. Long arm, oh, this is 
There you go. You'll recognize his voice. I'm sure you'll recognize that, his voice straight away, because it's a very, very um, unusual voice. So, yeah, long arm from mm. World of Voodoo. Mm. Yeah. So I think we, I think once again, we get to X. Now, I was kind of bummed out that you didn't see X-ray specs, but you never got a chance. No, I never got a chance. I'm they, sure you're kind of bummed out about it, too. I am. Um, and actually, if you ever get a chance... And if you ever get a chance and you like X-ray specs a lot, if you look up on YouTube, um, there's like a 35-minute documentary slash interview show with X-ray specs. Hmm. Um, at the time, it's more interviews polystyrene. There really isn't that interview in the rest of the band. But they show a whole bunch of them playing live at Eric's Club in Liverpool, which was the famous original punk club in Liverpool. So, hmm. And there's some scenes in Liverpool walking around and on the ferry and stuff like that. So that's actually hmm. worth looking up on uh, on YouTube. Huh if you like x-ray specs but no i never did see i never did see x-ray specs unfortunately they were broken up well they didn't tour very much actually i don't think well after, i mean yeah. the fact that is we have the same x which is the only the second letter this has happened on right because the ramones was the other one yeah the ramones was the other one i yep. think that was the only other one yep and x is a, um, which, x, is x, a pretty, x is a difficult was, one for god's sakes well it, it is but it's a i mean the x you know los angeles's x is a pretty good consolation prize for being is. honest yeah pretty great band so what's what's your favorite time seeing them or how, how many times have you seen them um, I've seen them two or three times okay. and, uh, <clears throat> I mean, they were never my favorite band because I agree, but they it, were a good band. It always kind of, it always kind of annoyed me how they started doing that. Uh, we're not a punk band anymore. Now we're going to start doing that Americana type of almost well, like all alt country stuff. How violent the LA punk scene got and a lot of the bands were trying to separate themselves from it. You know, we talked about this previously, you know, the LA punk scene started to morph into the hardcore scene and the older crew which was you know they were probably like in their mid-20s at the time or yeah late 20s. they wanted to get away from that so i kind of I, I don't i don't really hold that against them but i get i get what you're saying but that ties actually back so that move that uh, movie i was just talking about the documentary on the uh, cuckoo's nest it's called yeah. Ur, it's called urban struggle okay that's so a, look that that's up the on, song, that's the i want to be a cowboy song yeah so it's look that urban up yeah. look that up on uh, on amazon prime because it's absolutely excellent um, hmm. It really is. Lots of your boy from TSOL. Lots, lots yes. of him in there. God, he's size of a brick shit house. He really is. He's a big he's dude. He's huge dude. Um, so anyway, I'm sorry, X. Yes, go go on. So your favorite time seeing him? I think the only time I saw them headlining was again. It was at that at the Bottom Lounge, which isn't my favorite venue in Chicago, but mm. this was probably ten, twelve years ago, someone like that. Um, yes. And uh, it was, they never did, did they, did they split up and then reform or were they always they just kind of around, but in different no, they formats? Sp they split up and reformed. Yeah. Okay. Then I think it was when they just done that and they were, they were touring again for the first time. And I think, I think they played the first two albums, uh, back to back, I think. Oh, okay. They did Los That's Angeles cool. and uh, yeah, and Wild Gift. I think. Well, you know, they, they had that thing going where at the beginning, Xene and John Doe were a couple. Right, yeah. And yeah. then they split up, and it's always very difficult for a band to survive that. But after a few years, a lot of times, you can put that behind you. And I think that's what happened with them ultimately, but I guess I don't know for sure. Yeah. And the cool thing about it was, right, it's it's the, origi it's the original band. It, well, at it least is. It it's was all that, four, it's the original band. Which is yeah. amazing, right, from a yeah. band from 1977 or whatever. Seven, yeah, DJ Bonebreak and uh, John Doe. Billy, Billy Zoom. Yeah, Billy Zoom on guitar. Cervica. Yeah, and Xene, yeah. And Billy Zoom. God, that, that smile he does, it's just creepy as hell, isn't it? He's... Billy Zoom is a big boy, and he sits down for like 90% of the show now, but he'll stand up at the very end. 
Well, he didn't sit on a stool. Oh, see, yeah, because he got ill, right? Didn't he have something? No, maybe bad wrong with him. Well, yeah, because they did. Because they did have a different guitar player for a while. He did leave for a while. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. Oh, I can't think of who it was there off the top of yeah. my head. But when I when I saw when I was talking about that headline and show, no, he was standing up the whole time. He was fine. Okay. And he, but he just does that weird like smile grimace thing at the crowd the entire yeah. time, and it's, it's a, just really disturbing. <laughs> it's amazing though, but he's not very mobile. But his hands just tear up and down the neck. I mean, he's a he's a great guitar player. Yeah, I mean, he's a classic rockabilly guitar player, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's why I guess in the early days he he didn't want to do straight punk stuff because he wanted everything to have kind of a rock and roll kind of rockabilly kind of edge, which yeah. which he managed perfectly. I yeah. mean, they really do, and. Uh, I do find it interesting that some of the er- very early um, Avengers stuff and some of the early X stuff sounds very similar. I always wondered. Hmm. I always wondered who was the uh, who See, who copied off of who. Or whatever. I think, in the traditional sense, at least Penelope Houston has a better voice. X scene always has. I mean, it works when she and John sing together. John Doe sing together. It really works. But X scene has a weird voice. Yeah, she's not a traditionally good singer. And she doesn't belt it out either in punk rock. But it style. works. Yeah, it works. no, it works. And, and she's, I think she's sick too. I think she's had, I think she's got Parkinson's or something weird. I can't remember. I don't remember exactly what. I don't want to, I, I shouldn't speak out of school. <laughs> you but just, it's, you I mean, just it's made shit up. You just, no, no, it's public record. She's got something. I think. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but they're still good. I mean, I, I, you know, are, are you done? I'm sorry. I'll let you finish up. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go. So when was your favorite time seeing Well, that? I've seen like three I, I, three times off the top of my head that I could think of. Once was at Riot Fest, so you know that you know that's not that yeah. great, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. they did play the full Los Angeles record, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the classic first record. So which, which, uh, which, which Riot Fest was that? Was that five years ago or something? I don't know. I mean, I haven't been for several years. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I saw them recently you know just last year or two years ago with the damned at the house of blues in Chicago, shut up. which was a great great show but shut that wasn't up. my favorite time <laughs> still got those tickets inside your fridge yeah i do and i've still gotten the scar on my wrist from breaking it yeah <laughs> now that goes back 30 some episodes i mean that's you know half a year ago that we talked about that so i don't yeah. know if a lot of people remember what we're talking about but it doesn't matter go back and listen kids um kids i keep saying kids meanwhile most people listening are you know old farts like us but that's all right too <laughs> yeah. um but that was that was a really great show overall. But the damned were amazing. But the they actually saw them at a local venue here called the Pyramid Scheme, my favorite local mm-hmm. Grand Rapids venue. They headlined, and it was it was just really good. I mean, it was just it was just a great show. Uh, I mean, I don't remember anything. You know, nobody threw a bomb at the stage, and I didn't pass out drunk or anything. I don't remember anything. You know, exceptionally wild about it. But it was a cool show. I mean, I'll give them this too. They play all the time. I mean, you know, a lot of those older bands, they'll tour once in a while. But X plays, I mean, they must go on like a nationwide tour like every year. Because they, well, was, they were supposed to play this summer. They were supposed to yeah, play one of the yeah, new they, clubs like in Chicago. Like in May and June, they were going to do a co-headlining thing with Violent Femmes. Yep, that's right. Who most of you, I don't know if I've said this before or not, but I, I lived, I did a lot of my growing up in Wisconsin. I'm a huge Violent Femmes oh, fan. I could have done that as a V, couldn't I? I could have done yeah, the Violent Femmes. Yeah, I've seen them too. God damn it. You know what? You know that's a good choice. That is a good choice, but anyway, I I I'm gonna actually try to. They're rescheduling that tour. I'm gonna try to go see that Violent Femmes X tour if I can. Hmm. So, see, so, the Violent Femmes always. I always find that strange that they just seem to live off that one album. Um, yeah, I mean they've done some stuff since that's been really good, but nothing that that first album, man. That happens sometimes, you know. You just catch lightning in a bottle. It is amazing though that you can make a career off that though. Like I've got a new pre- one a song press basically. Of right? A newer press of that album. It's on a, a label called Craft Records. It was the first thing I'd ever got on that label, and I gotta say it sounds amazing. Hmm. 
So I know they've, they're the ones doing like the new Social D presses. So I'm going to have to check some of those out too. And talking of Social D, did you see that again, there was an interview this week in like one of the California newspapers or something when, again, he's threatening to record <laughs> the recorded new, re- new and he's hoping to have it out sometime yeah, later this it, year yeah. or early next year. I swear he's been saying, you know, next year when this new this album is, is supposed to come right? out, um, <laughs> this will be, if it comes out in 2021, that'll be 10 years since the last album. 10, 10 years. I mean, that's how long it takes for the records to start to grow on, you know. But I mean, this is, but this isn't, I mean, this is an active band. This isn't like a band that broke up. This well, is an active band. they make band. money touring, they don't make their money making records. True enough, but you'd think he'd want to, I don't know, it just seems but it, odd. It, 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 it's an active guy, Neil. Active, yeah. I mean, I love Social D, I'm not trying to Oh, I'm not trying to diss him either. I love Social D. I just, but I mean, is he that much of a perfectionist that he writes? He must have enough money. That he's, but yeah, but you figure because he's an artist, right? A songwriter. He'd be constantly writing new songs, you would think. So, man, put him out, you know? What are you waiting for? I don't know. I don't know. Let's play next song. Anyway, X, yeah, what do do you want to play by X? Let's do do Johnny Hit and Run Pauline from the first album. I think this is the second song on the first classic album, Los Angeles. Less hypo to shoot a sex machine drug. It got 24 hours. Shoot off all his bitch with legs. 96 tears through 24 hours. Uh, sex once every Run, Polly, Johnny hit and run, Polly. 
Uh, yep, that was Johnny Hitner and Pauline, which I assume if you know anything about X at all, then you've probably heard that song because it is a that and that's a fantastic album. And I uh, thought about the title track. Yeah, but they're both great. Both great songs. Well, the whole the whole album's great, and it's it's crazy because it's in, it's really short. I mean, you know, they, yeah, it's like nine songs, like twenty-seven minutes or something. Yeah, I mean, they weren't playing at like breakneck hardcore speed by any means, but that is yeah. a that is a short album. Um, great album though. So, when did you, when did you stop listening to X? Like, because they started, eh, there was last well, couple I of albums really, when they were I on was a major. Too young when they first quit playing, so I really didn't listen to them till after. So I had the broad view of their career. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, it's because... not like I was like, oh man, they sold out. I quit listening to them. But that that didn't happen. It was too late. I mean, I, I discovered Los Angeles first, but it was probably fifteen years. No, not fifteen. It was probably like late 80s early 90s yeah because for for those that don't know their first couple of albums los angeles and wild gift were on slash which and is under the, the big black sun those those three are the classics right oh uh, yeah those three those three are the classics yep yep and then um yeah they signed to they signed to a major right and so morphin in the new world is okay the fourth album yeah i never really listened to that um but then by the time they did ain't love grand it was it was starting to really well, go it's downhill. It's funny too because I didn't realize that Slash was such a like small little label in LA at the time because I had a lot of records on Slash or I loved a lot of the Slash stuff. I didn't realize what kind of a fly by night company that was. It was the same people that ran the magazine. Well, it was from the it magazine. Like, it was from the magazine. But it was punks. I mean, it wasn't like yeah. a big label. I no. think it, it might have got bought up for distribution by Warner or somebody later, somebody bigger, because you can get a lot of that stuff anymore. But but yeah, there was a cool, cool little label. They put out a lot of good stuff in the early eighties. Yeah, I mean, I mean, originally it was just the magazine. It was one. It was the the oh. West Coast punk rock magazine, and you know, people didn't want to put any of the bands, so they formed their own label and started putting some of the yep. bands out. And that's yep. how Slash Records was formed, which actually became bigger than the magazine, obviously. Yep. Um, so, were you ever into any of the uh, X like split off projects, like the Knitters or anything nah. that kind of Americana kind of crap? No, nah. No, me neither. Original Sinners or any of that? Nah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of lost lost touch and yeah, but I think I'll, I'll tell you what I was big into, Neil. What uh, was what? your namesake Neil Young? Oh fuck off. My why. <laughs> I know you hate him, right? Um yeah, so this is gonna be an interesting one because I, I, I won't and I won't be labor I won't be labored too much, but no, I it's, definitely it's fine, you know, it's fine. I definitely I like Neil Young and I, I only ever got to see him one time. Neil Young's another one where he's famous for not giving people what they want. It's like you pay a hundred dollars, you go show up to see Neil Young and like, well, instead of playing Heart of Gold tonight, I'm gonna play my entire new concept album for you. So it's like spinal tap then. Canadian bastard. Yeah. Um but so uh so I so the thing with Neil Young, he was always fearless about having young bands opening for him. So when I saw him, it was Gary Glitter was the same way. Soundgarden <laughs> and yeah, yeah, he liked young young girls opening for him. I uh, oh, I saw so when I saw Neil Young, it was Soundgarden. I can't even remember who the other band was. It was like Soundgarden and Blind Melon, or Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, or some combination. Soundgarden and Smashing Pumpkins. Well, he toured with he, he toured with Social D once. I know that. Did he? Yeah. Well, he, I know that I know that uh, he. Let me see if I can find it. He, uh, but it was like one of these big outdoor musical places where, like, seated in the front, like with a cover, and then like the hill in the back. Hmm. And we were we were sitting in the hill in the back, and I remember like people were moshing on like the cement slab between the, um, between the hill and the, mm-hmm. and like the the down part the pavilion part, yeah. 
it was it was anyway it was a cool tour i enjoyed it very much and uh hold on a second people were moshing to neil young what the hell are you like talking about pearl jam no no it was for when soundgarden was playing okay might have been pearl jam i don't know i can't remember it, everything gets so freaking jumbled up. It looks like it might have been 93. But the thing is, I, I love the Crazy Horse stuff. Unfortunately, for this tour, he was he was touring with Booker T and the MGs. So it was oh. definitely more of, more of like yeah. an R&B thing. So I actually didn't like it as much as I probably would have. Yeah, Blind Melon. Soundgarden and Blind Melon. Um, but I didn't, I didn't like it as much as if it would have been Crazy Horse. But anyway... Keep on searching for oh, a heart see, of gold. See that to me? And I'm getting old. It's, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. That All is... Right. I, won't, I, won't, I won't belabor it then. Why don't you tell me about no, your cool... No, it's fine. Life? You know what? It's fine because... No, it's, it's all good. I really don't have anything... I mean, we just... You know, we went and sat in a hill. We were young people. We were hippie. 20 years old. Hippie. Yeah, did you, yeah, did we you wave hippies. flowers around too? Did you do that? no. Hmm. no. See, I famously have a most hated bands of all time list, which we can do yep. at some other time. And Neil yep. Young, oh, actually, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young is up there. It's like number two or number three of my most hated bands of all time. Nice. There is just something about his voice in those long, never-ending fucking wailing songs that just gets right on my tits. <laughs> I you know, it's funny. Early, it. early, I referred to you as, uh, you know, the Joe Biden, yes. where your, your mind is all jumbled, but maybe you're more like the Richard Nixon. He had, like, his enemies <laughs> list. <laughs> yes, probably. Richard, I'll take Richard Nixon over Joe Biden. And anyway, you couldn't remember who just who opened up for Neil Young, so I don't want to hear about the Joe Biden. Well, that was, well, it was, you know. you know, close to 30 years ago, and I was probably, you know, under the influence Stoned. of... Stoned. Peace yeah. and love. Hippie. Yeah. Exactly. Um, All right. Tell me about tell me about your why. My why is Youth Brigade. Classic classic um old California punk band. Yes. Um I saw them uh, at least two times, maybe three times. Um losing track really. Um saw them way back in the day. And then oh yeah, so this was a good one. So they played um I saw them in Oldham which is a suburb of Ma- it's a, I mean it's a town I've in its own right that before. yeah uh, well it's because they, they played they toured with toxic reasons ah, so okay. I so saw we, them, we them. So okay. yeah I saw to- uh, youth Brigade and toxic reasons that would have been 85 um, in Oldham which is the shithole of a town just before you moved back permit or moved here permanently huh? yeah that's exactly right so it was I, I was here as a student 83 to 84 then I went back home to graduate. 84 85 and they came back out here the summer of 85 so actually this might have been winter 84 when i was back home um it was either winter 84 or early 85 anyway they played oldham this really shit town in this club called oddies which is like in a basement like all good punk clubs should be in a basement right um two american bands touring together mid 80s in england not that popular there was probably only about 30 people there really but, but for me i mean that's two classic american yeah, hardcore bands lineup. i mean it's a great yeah. lineup right i've actually got the flyer from it i'll i will post that on the page and on the other side you'll see writing soaking through because the other side of the flyer was the uh toxic reason set list so was... yeah I'll, I'll post up both sides the, of that what's the name of that first is it sync with california what's the name of the classic first album sound and fury Sound of Fury, that's yep. right. The yep. compilation version with extra tracks is called Sync with California. Yeah. Um, so I saw them there, and that was amazing. Um, and then I saw them at one of the Riot, when Riot Fest was still inside at the Congress. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it had been 2006. I, didn't go, I saw I them that. there, and I think I also saw them at Bottom Lounge. Shit, I've been to Bottom Lounge <laughs> more than I thought. Uh, so I've seen them a bunch. Now, obviously, 
the band split up for a long time, right? The Stern yep. Brothers became they did one of those like oh, swing bands, like a ska, like or a no swing. Cocked. It was almost yeah, like swing. Yeah, That's they right. did. They got in the, on that whole. I, as soon as I hear the name, I'd know it, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that swing revival thing that happened yep, yep. with the movie no. Swingers. Uh, they had a yeah, they had a swing band. Um, I can think of the, I can picture the album cover in my head, but I can't remember. That's right. I'm it looking was. it up. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the late 1990s, they reformed Youth Brigade, and uh, and that, and then so. Aren't the Stern Brothers don't don't they do punk rock bowling? They do, yes. Yeah, so Royal the, Crown Review. Royal Crown Review, yeah, that's right. Royal Crown Review. That was the Stern Brothers when they decided to put big baggy suits I think on. Two and do of the that three thing. brothers are still doing the band. I don't think they all are. Hmm. But I think Sean is punk rock bowling is Sean's right. thing. All right. That first album was so great. Youth Great Youth Brigade were one of those bands where man, they had a lot of great songs, but they had a lot of songs that weren't that great either. Yeah, I I kind of after the first album and a couple of singles, I kind of stopped paying attention to them but in, the, in the late 90s they did a, like an album i don't know if it was a comeback album or what it was called oh, i can't remember it's got like a kid with a hard hat on the cover mm. okay and it was really good it had some oh, really good oh songs really on. that's interesting okay and they did a split with the swing and utters that's really good too swing and utters are a good band yeah remember yeah, the, yeah. remember they did that byo split series those full link splits right those were all really good. I think they did five or six of them. Well, that was the Stern Brothers, right? B- BYO, Bet- Better Youth Organization was them. That was yeah. them. Um, yep. Not Bring Your Own. Oh, the, the one with the kid on it, I think it's called To Sell the Truth. To Sell the Truth. That's yeah. a great record. Yeah, from, uh, was that, 96? As, cons- as consistent as their, maybe more consistent than their early stuff, if we're being honest. But Do you, do you know, is Better Youth Organization still a label? Or did they that, did do they... not put out new stuff, but they still have their back catalog. Okay. You can still get their stuff. All right. And, I don't you know, know if you can order directly through them, but they distribute stuff. And, and for people that have never seen it, um, the classic uh, documentary that follow called Another State of Mind, which follows mm. social distortion, touring a very young youth. social distortion and a very young youth brigade um, touring to the East Coast on a, on an old school bus. Um, so that was like 80, 80 two or 83 right was that tour yep, so i think that's so. uh that's a really really good documentary there's actually a documentary about the stern brothers and byo records too and youth brigade called let them know and that's actually really cool too hmm. that came out oh five six years ago maybe maybe 10 i don't know but i love that another state of mind that came out in the in the early 90s yeah i, I gotta think. watch it again i haven't seen yeah. it for years very young mike ness with zits yep. and with the eye makeup and stuff like yeah, that yeah yeah it's excellent excellent stuff <laughs> um uh, yeah so what youth brigade song you play that's a tough one uh no i'm gonna play the classic sync with california off uh off the album sound and fury from 1983 i lost you man i actually you actually i'm sorry you cut out what one are you playing i'm playing sync with california Sync with California, okay. okay. Yeah, sync. So this is uh, Youth Brigade with Sync with California. Fuck up and I- 
Sync with California off of the album Sound and Fury from 1983 when uh, hardcore seemed like it could change the world. Ah, We were were all super positive and uh, I always liked the idea of straight edge but I liked beer too much to (laughs) to go go straight edge so I never really jumped on board with that. Yeah, I I never never did either. Yeah. The problem was it was like like much like like I have no problem I have plenty of vegan friends and most of them are wonderful but when you get too militant about things, you become so humorless. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm, and I, I pick on vegans because I know a lot of vegans like that that are just, they're just so humorless about things. Yeah. And Straight Edge kind of fell into that same trap, too, where it just took itself so seriously it sucked the life out of the movement, you know? Oh, for hell's sake, I watched a documentary last week on New York hardcore. 
and talk about humorless. Oh my god, yes. that whole straight edge New York hardcore thing. What's know? not funny about getting stabbed, Neil? Jesus, all they wanted to talk, all they wanted to talk about is being a is being from New York and b being straight edge. That's all they ever want to sing about. Yes. So, Protecting animals. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, so, so Z, I'm guessing. Okay, you... <laughs> so I got pre- I got to preface this. So I, I didn't have a great Z, if we're being honest, right? Yeah, it, it, it did get it did get difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've never the the one that you're going to mention is like a dream of mine. I still like to see them, even though they're old geezers, and I still hope to. But so I got to preface this by saying, for years, I was very good friends with. Still, I'm very good friends with them. I don't see them as much as I used to, with a guy who worked for the local newspaper here in Grand Rapids back when, you know, people used to buy newspapers and things. Yep. And he reviewed a lot of concerts. If I tell you that I went to hundreds of concerts for free, I'm not exaggerating. Huh. Well, that's a good person to know. So, yeah, but we, and we were just pals, and it was one of those things, like, if there was something I wanted to go see, he'd say, yeah, definitely, man, we'll do that. Hey, you want to go see this? It was kind of like this give-and-take thing, like, where I went and saw a lot of shows I wanted to go see, but I'd also go go keep him company while he was doing shows that maybe he didn't care about as much. Mm-hmm. So my Z's is ZZ Top. <laughs> well, you know, at least you got one, right? You yeah, got a exactly. Z. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, no, yeah, I did, and, and you know, it was fine, dude. You know, because every girl's crazy about a sharp desk, man. She's got legs. She knows how to use them. Slip inside my sleeping bag. Well, so was it? Was it? Was Woke it about? Was it about that time? Was it the? Oh no, it wouldn't have been the MTV yeah, time because you'd have like been too young, right? Years ago. It was probably like fifteen years ago. Oh, okay. So they were doing like the greatest hits kind of yeah, comeback yeah, eighties tour kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It was. Listen, it was. You know, they had guitars covered with fuzz, and the whole thing sort of had sort of a weird geezerish S and M chrome vibe, but it was fine. Really? Hmm. So no, I know it's just everything's covered with fur, like those. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's like stupid. Handcuffs keep under your bed. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I don't know that much about ZZ Top other than the those hits from the eighties when they were on MTV every five seconds, right? But I mean they formed in didn't they form in like the late? Yeah, I was gonna say the late sixties, yeah. early seventies, and that well, early the fun, stuff. The funny thing is they were really blues. Yeah, like a bluesy, yeah, bluesy. gritty rock. Band. Yeah, and you know what? They've sort of returned to that. That eighties thing was just sort of a period of the t- you know a a product of the time and they've sort of returned a little bit to their grittiness. So anyway, I, I don't have anything against them. I, I don't, like I said, it's not amazing. Was it a big crowd? Yeah, I'm sure it's like 8,000 people or something. I don't know. Holy shit. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was big. All right. So anyway, enough about that. Yeah. My Z is a zero boys. Yep. Who, um, how many times did you see them? Just once actually. Okay. Um, and, so for those people that don't know, the Zero Boys were a great, great early hardcore band from, um, funnily enough, though, from the Midwest, which, yep. which you know, you did, I mean, you always think of the early, early hardcore stuff, like 80, 81, 82. You think East Coast yep. um, or West Coast. But yeah, no, the Zero Boys are from Indianapolis. Well, and, and once again, we've we've done a little bit of Zero Boys talk because when we had B.A. from Sloppy Seconds on, yep. episode number 13... And he didn't mention this, but I'm pretty sure that Paul Z, the main guy, and B.A. are cousins. Hmm. But Paul Z produced, Paul Mayhern, the main Zero Boy singer, writer, uh, produced all the early Sloppy Seconds stuff. Hmm. That's so I weird. think all their stuff. All ties together. Well, it's Indianapolis, you know. I mean, yeah. I hate to say that it's a small scene because it's not that small of a scene. But... You've been to Indy, right? Oh, quite a few times. I yeah. love Indy, actually. Yeah, I, actually, fact, it's a nice... I've been to the... Uh, Zero Boys were supposed to do their 40th anniversary tour at a little brewery in Indy called Black Circle, and I love that place. I think I remember you so talking anyway, about that So anyway, we might have before. to try if they do their if they reschedule that, we might have to try to go down there. No, that would be great. Yeah, I would love that. 
Oh. We, we could drag our, we go stop in Logansport and pick up our pal Matt and drag his ass down there. Yeah. Um, but that, drive. that, um, Zero Boys album, uh, Vicious Circle. Yes. From 81 slash I know we played something from that. Yeah, we did. We played Civilization's Dying before. Oh, um, it's probably one of the top 10 early American hardcore yeah. albums. At um, least in, among, in, among the Midwest, you know, definitely head and shoulders above the rest. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's freaking classic, classic album. Yep. Um, but I saw them, I didn't see them in the heyday at all. I saw them probably six, seven years ago. Was it a Rye Fest thing? Uh, no, the um, Naked Ray Gun had a head- oh. headlining show at the Metro. And they played with the Zero Boys and the Crombies. And hmm. so I was like, holy shit, I was going to go anyway. But when I saw the Zero Boys were playing, I was That's super amazing. excited. And um, even though they're older, obviously... They were amazing. They played uh, almost all of Vicious Circle, and they had just released that album that came out. It was called Monkey, something Monkey. like that. Yeah, not yeah. bad. It wasn't. A, it wasn't. Yeah, a bad it wasn't record. a bad album. So they played yeah. a lot of tracks off that too. But they played every all the classic stuff that you that you could huh. have wanted off of. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, off of Vicious Circle. They're, and... they're one of those bands that are still, you know, like the Angry Samoans. There's still hope, I think, because there's still a version of them floating around. So I'm still hoping to catch the Zero Boys at some point. Yeah, and they also did a cover of, I don't know if you're ever familiar with the old um, British, uh, I wouldn't call them punk, but like post-punk uh, band Magazine. Mm. It was how I, De- I am familiar with shot by both shot from both sides or yeah shot by both sides yeah Howard Devoto's band sides. after the yeah. Buzzcocks um, okay. th- they had a song on their first album called Delight uh, Shine pours mm. out of me and uh, Zero Boys actually played a cover of that which mm. I was very excited about so uh, yeah I I really enjoyed the Zero Boys that night in fact probably more than Naked Ray Gun as a matter of fact oh, so, uh, yeah right but no so, it's it's you know I like Naked Ray Gun a lot but they never made our single record as good as Vicious oh circle. no, definitely, definitely agree with you there. Yeah, I'd probably get thrown out of Chicago for saying. But that, that means, but... I mean, they but they put out more, a lot more material over the years than probably Zero Boys have. If we're being honest, yeah. How many full lengths did Zero Boys even have? Was it just you two know? Or, two or unfortunately, three? they went through one of those things in the '90s too, where they put out some albums that I think aren't very good. So, yes, and, and as a look, fun, I think I, there's more than you think, but I don't know if they really own them. It says at, four. It says okay. Vicious Circle. Oh, and one called Make It Stop from '91, which is yeah, kind I of interesting. I think that's supposed to be bad, but I'm not sure. I haven't heard it. I can't say for sure. And then one called the Heimlich Maneuver in 93, which hmm. uh, it's got a terrible sleeve. And then they did that monkey one in 2014, which is... I and they did a couple of EPs, too. They did one called Hollywood that was really good, and they did one called Pro Dirt that was really good. Yeah, yeah, yep. 2014, in 2014. Yeah. And living in the 80s, of course, they're classic classic ep from back in the day just take a guess if you want to try and get the original living in the 80s i know it's very expensive it's repressed though yeah the original uh highest it sold for was fifteen hundred dollars yep you got that no no sir i don't no. <laughs> if i did i'd be yeah it's funny you could trade that in I'm, for a trip I'm to England. personally i'm speaking to neil's boss right now who i know is occasionally listening don't give him another raise he's just gonna buy that <laughs> Uh, you know what? If there was any available, I probably, you know, I'd think about it. No, no, but you're right. They did reissue it a couple of years ago. I think a record store. One, two, day, three, four records. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so my Z is Zero Boys, and I am going to play, um, I, this was difficult, but we'd already played Civilization's Dying on one yep. of the other shows, so I'm going to play my other, my second favorite song off uh, Vicious Circle. Um, this is Amphetamine Addiction. Ah, uh, Yes. Thank you. 
amphetamine addiction off a vicious circle from 1981 slash 1982. So uh, there you go. Yeah. Every Everybody I've ever played that album to has absolutely loved it. Even people that aren't really that interested in punk rock or anything. Like, so I've got some like heavy metal friends and stuff like that. It's got a little melody, maybe more so. Than yeah. Some, yeah. Some of the I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing not to like about but that the album. speed. I mean, the one minute songs and the speed and mm-hmm. oh, it's great stuff. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So we we so as a bonus, we're gonna do a band with the number in the letter, a uh, number in the name. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, and, the number. And, uh, and this was a difficult one. Well, not for us, it wasn't, but for a lot of people, it was. I I actually, you know, I'm a big. I like Flatfoot Fifty Six, the Chicago band. I'm a big fan of them. Wouldn't they be but an F? Actually, Wouldn't they be F, buddy? Well, they got a number in the name. Yeah, but that would be that would be like no, it's supposed to start with a number. Otherwise, you could say Sham Sixty Nine, right? Or U Two. You could say U Two. Nobody's saying U Two, Neil. No, I think the number had to be at the beginning. I think that was the point. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then I'll go. I, well, and it was I was thinking Eighty Eight Fingers Louie anyway, and it's not like I have an amazing Eighty Eight Fingers Louie story, but they did play locally in Grand Rapids a few years ago, and it was really cool. And and uh, they brought along a couple of Detroit bands that I love. Break Anchor and Rebel Spies, and it was a real cool show. It was actually one of those times where I had to use all my diplomacy because it was a friend of mine's wife's 40th birthday, and I couldn't just flat out skip it. So I'm just sitting there. I think we went and got like Japanese food or something, and I'm just sitting there looking at my watch, going, "Oh, I got 45 minute drive back to Grand Rapids to make this show," and I drugged Mrs. Trauma with me, and I'm pretty sure she would have rather stayed socialized a little more but so anyway, did you go to we'll that sh- did you go to that show for 88 fingers louie or was it for one of the other bands just all all it was such a great great show top to bottom so but who I was, definitely, who I was definitely playing like again 88 fingers louie break anchor who i've talked about break anchor times. you have yeah, yeah. To play one of their songs at one point yeah for sure point. yeah and a band called rebel spies who's really really great detroit band too not i think super I've well s- known, i think i've seen rebel spies they but play they play chicago once in a while do they do like a surf kind of thing uh no, I'd say kind of a gothy, punky. Oh, you know what it is? No, it's it's spies who surf is who I've seen. Okay. Oh, okay. never mind. Yeah, yeah. We saw okay. a band when we went to see Lillington's Neil. The band called Bastardist played, and the guitar player from Bastardist is in, or the main singer guitar player from Bastardist is also in uh, Rebel, Rebel spies. spies. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I was talking his ear off under the influence. So, anyway. So 88 Fingers Louie, they're from Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool band. Quit playing for a while. Got back together. Still put out an album a few years ago. It's pretty damn good. Did the guys go on to form any other bands or anything like that? Or do well, anything else? The, the famously, one of the guys was the, the original bass player, I think, it was is in Rise Against. Okay. Which is obviously a huge... I mean, we can argue about how punk they are, but they're a huge punk band. Yeah. Festival headliner level punk band. Yeah, yeah. A little too serious for my taste but i like i liked their second album which was called revolutions per minute i actually thought it was really good hmm. very melodic very fast that that melodic hardcore thing that a lot of people like or a lot of people don't like i mean i think we all certainly like some bands in that genre but yeah they, they like i said they're a little too take themselves a little too seriously for me i don't hate them or anything but yeah, I've got really. some. I've got some Rise Against stuff, and they're they're yeah. okay. I mean, they, I don't mind them. They're yeah. Like I said, the early stuff uh, through like uh, Swan Siren Song of the of the Counterculture. I think it was like their third album, and I think that was after that. I kind of lost them, but I bought a couple after that too. So yeah, I've got. A, I mean, I've got a couple of eighty eight fingers Louis things. I know they did a split with Kid Dynamite, which I have because yep, yep, I like Kid cool. Dynamite. Yeah, they 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 had one called. Uh, 
was it called go to prison or behind bars and then the one after that was back on the streets and those two back back to back are really good and then the, uh, looking at this they have an ep called get off my lawn which we should probably buy because that's right up our alley right there <laughs> check that out huh? <laughs> yeah even though they're probably much younger than me um well so and my yeah, that, was, that was it I, like i said yeah go ahead sure. my number one i mean i'm sure you've seen this band too obviously is seven seconds well, disappointingly i've only seen them once actually and it was at riot oh. fest so that's why i was kind of you know, we always talk poorly about Riot Fest, but the fact of the matter is it provided me a chance to see a lot of bands, even though it was, like, way less than ideal circumstances. But, man, they were so good. Even then, even outside, you know, they were really good. See, it's funny. I had one of those uh, moments where it was, like, when I was trying to do this list, actually, I was like, okay, um, some of the letters that were difficult, I was like, well, I went to Riot Fest, and let me look at the line. I went to you know, Riot Fest a few times. Let me look at the lineup of the days that I went and see what bands I could put down. But then I was like, well, some of those bands, just because they were playing on the day that I was there, Doesn't I, mean you I, didn't, I didn't pay attention to them whatsoever. So can I say that I saw them? Probably not, right? I mean, I walked by the stage when they were playing. I mean, you can say but, whatever you want. Right. But that's why I don't like those festivals. Yeah. Unless you specifically go for a, for a band and then you go and, you, and they're playing a full set. I don't think you can really say that you really, I don't if know. If you catch 15 minutes of a band that you weren't expecting, I think you can sort of count that if you pay attention, actually engage with it. But yeah, if you're walking by and hear a song, yeah, it doesn't Right, count. right, yeah. Because I could say I saw it. Uh, so, so how many times have you seen uh, Seven Seconds? Five. I assume that pretty much everybody knows that our theme music, at least until we get sued, is being uh, borrowed from... Seven seconds, <laughs> and it's well, the, our, our, our outro. And that was the name. Our outro music is. I mean, our well, intro music. That's what inspired the name of the the podcast. They have a classic song called "Young Till I Die." Dude, this that was classic. Last night, my daughter Lydia was singing it, and she started singing completely on the level "Punk Till I Die." Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that's not the name of it, right? Dude, she's we're like, gonna, what? We're gonna, we we'll, we'll just record it, like yeah. record a cover version of it, and just put our own words on it, and not yeah. even credit the original artist or anything. Yeah, but it's our outro music. Our intro music is the Dead Boys, but um, the outro music yeah. is Seven Seconds. What was our but... original intro? Because you changed it to the Dead Boys later on. What was it originally? It was Seven Seconds. It was the beginning. Oh, it was the, the, it was okay. the beginning of, uh, okay. of Young Till I Die. Um, but yeah, I first saw Seven Seconds on the. Uh, what was that second EP? Walk together, rock together, whatever the hell that was. What oh was yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. I saw them. It's probably most people probably know it as a full length because it was ended up being reissued with more. It was songs. reissued. Yeah, that's right. It was yeah, walk together, rock together from '85. Yep, and then they reissued it as a as a full length, yeah, with extra tracks. So I saw them first on that tour down in Champagne, and then I saw them again the following year when they toured for New Wind. Um, which by that time I'd, they'd started to lose it with me as far as I was concerned because I love their early stuff. I think the crew is fantastic when they were, yep. you know, super positive, straight edge, you know, blah, blah, you know, all that stuff. Walk Together, Rock Together, it good. Starting, yeah, like to get, starting to get a little commercial, but but by New Wind, yeah, it, almost, it almost seems like they had, they try and become the punk rock U2. Um, or yeah. yeah so and then even though in hindsight i should probably go back and listen to it it's probably better than most of the crap nowadays but oh yeah, definitely time, it... yeah i mean it's still got some good songs that new wind is a, is a good song but uh yeah. so i saw them twice down in champagne and then i kind of lost interest because through the 90s they released yeah, they, they, kept, they did they kept releasing crappy stuff first of all they tried to be like fugazi and then they tried to be like yeah grunge or something and they got a couple of albums in there which are real stinkers but then 
in 99 they had a return to form with an album called good to go which is fantastic and then uh, they recorded another couple of albums after that which are all very strong so i saw them again i think i saw them at bottom lounge again jeez i'm giving bottom lounge a lot of credit um probably about 10 years ago Mm. and then i saw them at one of the at one of the riot fests in uh 2006 i believe i saw them yeah i saw them at riot fest with with youth brigade um so yeah i've seen them four or five times and uh yeah love the early stuff even though when i saw them in champagne they were playing in a both times they played in like a church hall or something so Mm. the sound was dreadful But uh, it was good to see them. They were, you know, nice guys, all that kind of stuff. So, I, yeah, I've seen them quite a few times. Uh, I, and it's sad that they split up. Didn't they split up two years ago because the drummer yeah, was deathly ill or something? They, they just couldn't physically do it anymore. Yeah, and he refused to. And then when I give him a lot of credit for that, he refused to do the band with anyone other than the original guys. And I like that too. That they, the fact of the matter is, they have a very. They were still playing a very physical show. Yeah. Thirty plus years into their career, so. Yeah. Because, yeah, you hate to see somebody be a shadow of them former, their former selves and just keep dragging themselves around. So. Yeah, yeah. So That being uh, said, if they recover and start feeling better and they want to come out playing again, I, I would welcome that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely. Like I said, their their later albums were like a real return to that early Yeah, their sound. last album, Leave a Light On, was really good. Mm-hmm. That's the one with the dog on the cover, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, the one I really liked and the one I'm going to play a song off of was the, uh, the 1999 Return to Form, which is called Good to Go. Which unfortunately, because of the time it was recorded, ninety-nine, it doesn't it's not available on vinyl. It's got just C D. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it just kinda got shame. lost anyway. Yeah. But uh yeah, if you get a chance to look that one up, that's a really good one. So I'm gonna play the song Slow Down a Second from the uh nineteen ninety nine Seven Seconds album called Good to Go.
There you go. Slow down a second. You'll recognize that, you know, you, you hear that and you just know it's seven seconds straight away. You know, the that, that and classic the and that classic sound, you know, the super yeah. melodic, but super fast. Yeah. Um, just uh, just good stuff, really. Well, we, we I feel like we made it to the end of a long journey. Yeah, how you feel? You Which is good because I have to pee really bad. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Every episode you say that well, you've got you've got to stop okay, peeing. So these before. morning these morning episodes, you know, I've had like two cups of coffee and now I have some ice water to help me through, so you don't have to keep my voice melodious. And yeah, see, I'm dying. I'm, I'm going to wet the wet my pillow forges of solitude. See, there's the difference. If we record late at night, we're both drunk. If we record yeah. in the morning, we're full of fucking coffee. But and, then we uh, just say water. screw it. I'm stopping and going to take a leak. <laughs> yeah, you could but, do that anyway. But yeah. uh, anyway, yeah, we got to the end of it. We did our A through Z, yeah. and uh, and there we go with one so extra. Thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, yeah, punk till I die seventy seven at gmail dot com and punk till I die podcast on Facebook. Yep. Welcome to our uh, hopefully some new new listeners. So. Yep. Hope you have, hope, hope, hope everybody enjoyed our, our walk back through time doing our A through Z. Yeah, I mean we have. I mean honestly, Neil and I have seen so many shows that if if, if shows don't come back at all, you know we could probably do this whole thing again. <laughs> we actually probably, you know what, we actually probably could with different bands. That would exactly. actually be interesting. But uh, yeah, all right. We might be scraping the bottom of the barrel. We get to you know U's and Z's. <laughs> yeah, but. Neil Young again, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but all right. Yeah, everybody be good. Have fun. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you all soon. Yep, stay free. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.